Well, that was the opening music to Bringing Up Baby, released in 1938 and starring Katherine Hepburn and Cary Grant, among others, and directed by Howard Hawks, who is, I think, one of our favorite directors, it seems like. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, he's done so many different films. Oh. And, yeah, you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net or in the Apple Podcast app, just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And in Facebook, search for classicmoviereviews.net to find us. And I'm Matt Johnson, coming to you from windy, sunny North Bend. And Bob Johnson here from Los Angeles, welcoming all of you back to uh, Classic Movie Reviews and our podcast number 109 for Bringing Up Baby from 1938. Fun movie. These are the kind of movies my mother, I think, went to every one of them. There were so many. I was looking up the number. Everything from... uh, uh, monkey business to uh, one from 1972 that's very popular. It was very successful. What's up, Doc? Wow. With Barbara Streisand. I've heard of that, but I haven't seen it. Hilarious, hilarious movie. And it was a, uh, it was kind of a tip of the hat to bringing up baby. Oh. So uh, Howard Hawks. <clears throat> where to start with Mr. Hawks? He uh, he did films in every theme uh, dramas uh, science fiction film noir westerns some of the films Scarface from 1932 I think it was uh, The Big Sleep from 1945 or 1946 depending on which one you watch Red River 1948 with John Wayne The Thing from Another World <laughs> scared the scared the crap out of me in 1951. Many many films. I think he did like 45 or more. I think films. we've reviewed Red River and The Thing from Another World already, right? We have, yeah, we have. And and he was so multi talented. He designed and helped build the uh, race car that won the 1936 Indianapolis 500 race. And he was a very athletic sportsman. Played tennis, golf, polo, you name it. I mean. Huh. He he was all over the place. He had a full life, that's for sure. And he was slated to direct Gunga Din after this. Uh, Gunga Dean, sorry, after this. Gunga, Gunga Dean, Dean, yes. After this movie, uh, but I was surprised to read that this movie was kind of a flop. I was, uh, yeah. I was thinking that it was probably a big hit, and especially since it's now listed as one of the funniest movies of all time on the American Film Institute list, and. It's been put into the, um, it's, what is it? It's, it's, oh, the, the, uh, National Film yeah. Institute for the Library <laughs> It's been Congress memorialized, as, yes, as, uh, as culturally, historically, and aesthetically yeah, significant. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds important, so. Sounds good. Well, you know, if my mother had had any role in it, it would have made a lot of money because she would have gone 400 times. <laughs> she did her part, right? <laughs> she did her part. Yes, she did. It, it eventually made a small profit. 
way way into the uh, 1940s. But uh, Catherine Hepburn uh, didn't come out of this with a lot of box office uh, appeal at the time. The feeling was she wasn't really going to be popular at the box office, which was a total misconception because uh, Miss uh, Hepburn won four Academy Awards for Best Actress. Yeah, they even had a list uh, <clears throat> uh, that was going around that was like box office poison actresses who are box yeah. office poison she was on that list and i thought wow that's terrible it is yeah it, 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 well she she was kind, kind it's not she was not a comedic actor going into this film and they had some folks on set that were helping her with some of the lines and kind of to get the comedic timing but apparently by the end of the movie she really had picked it up and was uh was cracking people up on set so I mean, I thought she was—I thought she was really funny in the movie. But you ha- i have to say though—you have to be in the right frame of mind to watch this movie because it's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. Well, she, her coach, uh, one of the coaches that uh, they assigned to her was Walter Catlett, who played Constable Slocum in the movie. He was—he was a mentor for her, but. Um, yeah, you really do it. I was just going to mention the four Academy Award films that she. Uh, oh, absolutely! Was it Woman of the, Woman of the Year, nineteen forty-two? Uh, these may not be Academy Award winners. These may just be ones that I think are really excellent. I didn't cross-reference Woman of the Year, nineteen forty-two. Adam's Rib, nineteen forty-nine. Uh, the African Queen from nineteen fifty-one, and one, one that I really like. She made late in her career with John Wayne, of all people, because they were politically so different. Rooster Cogburn, where he re- reprises his role from the earlier Western, where he won the Academy Award. Was she on uh, that in that movie, On Golden Pond, too? Oh, yes, with Henry Fonda and Jane I remember Fonda. going to yeah, see that movie she... like two or three times in the theater when it came out with you guys. I think you must have really liked it, because you took us a couple different times. <laughs> <laughs> I I inherited my gift for going to the same film from my mother, yeah. who who went to every screwball comedy made in the thirties, forties, and fifties. She tried to drag my dad to go, and he was like, "Oh man, I don't want to see that again. I want to see a western. You know? right. Let's go see Red River." Oh brother, yeah, I did like on Golden Pond, and I think it might uh, it might fortunately fall within our time parameters it might i, th- I can't re- i can't remember when it came out around the ni- 1978 79 period really nice film but yeah she she went on to be a huge success for sure so i was uh curious as to what what makes up a screwball comedy remember i sent you that text <laughs> i do <laughs> so I'm gonna re- I'm gonna read this. That's this, quite, is, this is out of Wikipedia. That's a beautiful synopsis. This perfectly describes this movie. So here's this is from Wikipedia. It says, "What sets the screwball comedy apart from the generic romantic comedy is that screwball comedy puts the emphasis on a funny spoofing of love, while the more traditional romantic ultimately accents love. Other elements of the screwball comedy include fast-paced, overlapping repartee." farcical situations, escapist themes, physical battle of the sexes, disguise and masquerade, and plot lines involving courtship and marriage. Screwball comedies often depict social classes in conflict, as in It Happened One Night and My Man Godfrey. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> but that's the perfect description. And that all occurs in the first uh, act That was one. in the first 10 minutes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know one thing. I'm never going to that golf course with a car. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Oh, yes. I'll be with you in a minute, Mr. Peabody. Mister, I think that's your car. Hey, hey! Oh. I'll be with you in a minute, Mr. Peabody! Hey! 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 What do you think you're doing? I'm trying to unpark my car. Oh, hello. This you... is my car. Oh, good. Then would you mind moving it out of the way? No, no, this is my car. Yes, I understand that. If you move it back about four feet, well, I'll be able to get out. Well, I'm afraid you made a mistake. Maybe this is your... What did you say? I said, if you move it back about four feet, I'll be able to get out. I'm in a terrible hurry, and I can't budge. Oh, you, you, you want me to move your Would car? Would you for... mind terribly? Well, yes, I will, but... but oh, uh... that'd be awfully kind well, of Well, take it very easy with that car. Yes, I'll go slowly. No, no. What are you doing? Well, I, I have to get into position. Well, please be careful. I will. Now, you say when. Yes, all right. Am I clear? Yes, you're clear now. Clear? You yes. Okay. Oh! Now, look what you've done. Oh, that's all right. I'm insured. Well, I don't care whether you're insured or not. Look, let me drive this car. Oh, it's all right. It's an old wreck anyway. But, it doesn't matter. Well, you don't understand. This is my car. You mean this is your car? Of course. Your golf ball, your car. Is there anything in the world that doesn't belong to you? Yes, thank heaven, you. Now, don't lose your temper. Well, uh, my dear young lady, I'm not losing my temper. I'm merely trying to play some golf. Well, thank you choose the funniest places. This is a parking lot. Will you get out of my car? Will you get off my running board? This is my running board! All right, honey, stay oh, there. Oh, 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 Mr. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, the first, so I watched the movie twice, and the first time I watched the movie, I thought, I, I wasn't that impressed, I have to say, because <laughs> I thought she was so annoying, like, why can't she just get in the right car, why can't she just, you know, I was, and I, and then I sort of thought about it, I thought, I, I think I'm just going at this the wrong way, so the second time I watched the movie, I thought, okay, just gonna go with this and it was a lot funnier the second time because you just kind of have to accept the fact that it's a screwball comedy <laughs> yeah it, it makes no sense in no real it life. doesn't make that's the thing it doesn't make any sense in real life because people don't actually act that way <laughs> well i was gonna i was gonna loop back to a little bit of the background on the film it was uh, produced and released by rko radio pictures uh in February of 1938, and I think the first place they released it was in San Francisco, and that's why uh, What's Up, Doc, with Barbara Streisand, I think that's one of the reasons they picked San Francisco for that film location. Uh, and like I say, it made uh, a little bit of money, and over time it's come to be beloved, if you like, screwball comedies. And I, I put together a list of screwball comedies. It's amazing how many there are from that period. I mean, it's... Anybody just do an internet search of screwball comedies from 
1930 to 1950, and there's like a dozen or more. I think they still. I, I think they still make all. them though. Like this is a. I think this is a genre that still is being uh, used in film. Because I. Oh, I. I uh, yeah, Gene Wilder made a couple. Yeah, and even like uh, recently in the last couple of years, there's been some movies that have come out that kind of fit that description that I read from Wikipedia, uh, where it's just. It's just bizarre kind of like people acting in weird situations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, the uh, other leader, uh, leading actor uh, in the film, uh, Cary Grant, another uh, outstanding career of over 70 films. He uh, was uh, nominated for two Academy Awards, did not win those, but later in his career did receive a 1970 Academy Award for lifetime achievement and he's got you know actually we could do a film festival on Catherine Hepburn and then on Cary Grant because he's done so many good films Destination Tokyo from World War II in 1943 and a really funny movie Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House from 1948 if you ever wanted to build a house and watch this movie first you'd probably never do it it was a <laughs> disaster. Uh, and then North by Northwest in 1959, an Alfred Hitchcock film, where he goes through the entire movie and never ruins his suit. Yeah, we still, we've really got to watch that one. That's a, that's yeah, that's a one movie. we need to add. I, I think that's my favorite. Well, I've got three or four Alfred Hitchcock fil films, but it's up right up there among my favorites of his movies. So he had a heck of a career and then went on to be very successful in business. Hmm. He was on the board of directors of many companies and had a full life. Never went back to film after he retired, hmm. I think, in 1966 or something like that. Yeah, he went from oh. this movie to the Gunga Dean was, I think, the, was his next movie. Um, Boy, he was he was on a roll. They they uh, the producers of the film didn't like the fact that he was wearing glasses in this movie, and they wanted to have him. Uh, not have glasses because they thought he didn't look as handsome with the glasses on. I, th I just think it's fascinating that there's like discussions that go on, like <laughs> you know, about whether the, he should have glasses on or not. <laughs> or well, that you know that must happen quite frequently. Remember um, with Gregory Peck and the Gunfighter, uh, the studio when it, uh, the 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 head of the studio didn't get in on the early part of the filming. By the time he got back from wherever he was. The, the film had been done, and Peck was wearing a mustache. Right, they didn't like the mustache. And they didn't like it, but it was too late in the f filming to uh, go back and change it. And I'm like, what, really? <laughs> okay. I mean, in the, in the Old West, mustache and beards were... Pretty common, Everybody yeah, had them. Exactly. Even, even, even some of the women back in the mines. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to, I, I'm, getting into the, I'm getting into the screwball comedy. Yeah, yeah routine here anyway uh on a note of reality shall we talk about uh the plot of this <laughs> the yeah, plots of this is, film? Yeah. Uh, our, our good friend uh Mr. well the first Grant thing i noticed was the, the, yeah, the first thing i noticed was that he's he's in, he's engaged to this woman that's helping him at the museum but they had never talked about whether they were going to have kids or not and whether they wanted to have a family, and she's like adamant that there shouldn't be any domestic entanglements. Abigail is arriving tomorrow after four years' hard work. Congratulations, my boy. Oh, isn't it great? I could hardly believe it. Oh, Alice. Nothing. Mm. 
Now. Really, David, there's a time and place for everything. What for Professor Latouche say? After all, my dear, you're getting married tomorrow. Yes, I know we are. Oh, yes, yeah, really? that's right. We're getting married tomorrow. Hey, isn't that odd? Two such important things happening on the same day. I think the occasion calls for a celebration. Oh, don't you worry, Professor. We're going to celebrate. We're going to go away directly. We've been married. Going away? Why, what are you thinking of, David? After receiving this telegram? Oh, well, we planned Why, it. as soon as we're married, we're coming directly back here and you're going on with your work. Oh, well, Alice, gee, Now, I... once and for all, David, nothing must interfere with your work. Oh. oh. Our marriage must entail no domestic oh. entanglements of any kind. You, you mean, you mean... I mean of any kind, David. Oh, well, Alice, I was sort of hoping, well... You mean, you mean children and all that sort exactly. of thing? Exactly. Oh, oh. This will be our child. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, and that, <laughs> and that right after the wedding, they need to get right back to the museum so that he can continue his work on this, uh, these dinosaur bones that he's putting together. And he's, he's sort of befuddled. He spends the whole movie kind of befuddled, actually. Yeah, he, he does. <laughs> he does. He's a constant, he's a constant befuddlement. <laughs> and I thought it's really uh. odd that, they had never talked about that, and they're getting married the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, or so she yeah. thought, or he thought. Yeah, he he was he was he was absorbed in that uh, <laughs> in that dinosaur bone. There's, I'm jumping all around, but when the dog got a hold oh, of yeah. bone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah let's well, see. then he, he goes he's supposed to go play golf with this one guy who oh, that's, represents that's right. he's going to give represents him, a yeah. person who's going to give him a million dollars for the museum there's a whole series of events that happen at the golf course that are so bizarre because <laughs> <laughs> bad driving beyond yeah. belief but this is where we meet oh. Catherine hepburn's character susan and Susan's, I like that she, I mean, I liked her character. I liked that she was out there playing golf and kind of just was taking charge of, you know, what was going on. Uh, I like that. But she, <laughs> they were talking on two different levels. They they could not communicate. <laughs> yeah, that happened so much throughout the film. Yeah, she'd be saying one thing and he'd be saying another. And, and it was like, they're not having the same conversation. <laughs> like... You're right, though. You have to be in the right frame of mind to watch a movie like this, uh, because if you aren't, it, you'd like, oh, come on, folks. Yeah, well, Howard Hawks was uh, asked about why he thought the movie didn't perform as well as the, they expected, and he commented that he he didn't have a character in the film that was sort of normal that people could relate to. <laughs> 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 that's and true. I thought that was true. And I, uh, yeah, I was trying to think: is there anybody in the film that's sort of like a more normal person? And the closest I could uh, come to might have been her aunt. I think that's the aunt that Mrs. Uh, Gogarty. I think was yeah, her name. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that, that was about as close as I could come to somebody who might be more normal, quote unquote. Yeah, there were some. Were, well, they 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 conclude their encounter at the golf course, and then. And then they, he has a dinner, so he never does get to talk to the to the representative about the million dollar donation. So then they have a dinner date later that night where they're where they're uh, going to talk about it. And who does he run? Who does he run so, into? But Susan. <laughs> it's so hilarious to mix up with the purses. Well, and then how she's doing then, that thing in the clothes, doing that thing with the olive, and he slips on the olive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. 
A bumpy ride for sure. The, the, the clothes thing. And he can't think that I did that intentionally. Well, if I could think, I'd have run when I saw you. No, but if you'd only wait while I explain, I just gave you my picture. <laughs> oh, you've torn your coat. Now, now, I didn't do it on purpose. Not right. That's not right. It's not my fault. I didn't mean to do it. I just did it. But I didn't mean to do it. I just caught hold of your coat. Look. Yeah. Will you do something for me? A needle? No, it's simpler than that. Let's play a game. Oh? What? Yeah, well, watch. I'll put my hand over my eyes, and then you go away. Mm -hmm. See? Mm -hmm. Then I'll count to ten, and when I take my hand down, you will be gone. One, five, Well, I like six, that. Seven, I was only trying five, to be nice. Thank you. Oh, just a minute. Oh, you can't do you realize that you're no, making no, a perfect no, no, fool just, of yourself? Just, just, now, look here, no, you no, can't no, tell no, me that I tore your coat. There's such a oh. big thing. Oh. Will you please stop doing that with uh, your hat? Well, just stand there, will you? What in the world no. is going on Oh, here? no, please don't move. Oh, I've had about enough of this. Listen to me. Let's get out of here. Just start walking. <laughs> so me. now you want to walk. Well, I'm quite sure that I don't want to walk with you. And I hope you realize that you've made a perfect spectacle of yourself. Have you finished? I... Oh, yes, yes, Thank yes. Oh, oh, oh! Don't just stand there. Do something. Do oh. something. Oh my goodness! Well, get behind me. Oh, I am behind. Well, get closer. I can't get any closer. Oh. Now, now, you ready? Yes, Shall yes. we come? Left foot first. All right. Keep going straight out the door. Yes, but I have to meet somebody here. Oh, there he is. Don't you dare leave me. Be with you in a minute, Mister. Be with you in a minute, sir. I'll see you in a minute, sir. I'll see you in a minute. It's amazing. Yeah, that was <laughs> funny how she got her sneak out of the club. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Then um, this is all happening in the same day. Right, right. <clears throat> Keeping in mind, he's getting married the next day, and I'm thinking this is never going to work. So for then him. he goes back to her apartment because I forget what was it he he got over to her apartment somehow. I, th I forget if she called him and was saying that she had a leopard in. Hello? Oh, it's you. Well, well, I can't hear you very well. Come closer to the telephone. I said good morning, David, and I said, do you want a leopard? A leopard? No, why should I want a leopard? Well, for that matter, why should I? But I've got one. Susan, where would you get a leopard? Well, I wouldn't get a leopard, David. My brother Mark got him. He's hunting in Brazil, and I guess he caught him. And he, he didn't yeah, that, I think that was it, because the leopard scenes show up, and, and, and that's bizarre. And then they take a trip to Connecticut... And the fire plug scene, where there were the parks uh, illegally, <clears throat> and when confronted by the constable, she just gets in another car and takes yeah, off. Yeah, so that's the second car that she just got got into that wasn't hers. So then I was wondering, like, do these cars not have keys? Like, do you just, like, push a button, or how do they start? Because <laughs> she just is driving off in different cars, right and left. <laughs> this film may have been what caused keys to be made, I tell you. 
Yeah, but that, oh, that scene man. with the leopard was was interesting. I was reading that they they used quite a few special effects in this movie, um, like uh, rear projection. So when they're it, one of the things that they did to keep the leopard kind of away from the actors was when Cary Grant's character first sees the leopard in the bathroom. It was actually behind like a sheet of plastic or glass. And you can see a reflection of that glass if you look carefully at that scene. Oh, okay. I missed that Yeah, one. and then when they're in the car, it looks like the leopard is in the back seat with them, but really it, that was a rear projection, and they you know, weren't actually in the car together. And th- The leopard was probably not to be trusted. Yeah, well, it was a pretty tame leopard, because there were a couple <clears throat> scenes where she was petting the leopard. Um, so there were... And wasn't it... A bizarre reason to get a leopard. Her brother Mark had sent it to her from Brazil. Yeah, and, and she was supposed to pick it up and deliver it to her to her aunt, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they 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 get they get the professor involved in taking the the leopard named Baby to Connecticut, where I think her aunt lives. Whose name again? I'm having trouble with names in this. Well, movie I think it's today. yeah. I'm having a little bit of trouble picking up but i think it was was it aunt elizabeth uh elizabeth carlton random random i think in connecticut so she was supposed to get a leopard as a pet because she always wanted a leopard as a pet like (laughs) why we don't know (laughs) this is this is the gift for someone who has everything i like i did like I i like the scene where they get to her aunt's house and they're driving that stolen car and they park it in the garage and then they put the leopard in like the stables there and lock it up. (laughs) And then they go in and he's like, he needs to shower because he's, he's, uh, he's kind of a mess. So he, he, he's going to take a shower and he puts his clothes out and then she takes his clothes and then has his, have his, has his clothes taken into town to get cleaned. So at this point, you know that she's trying to like, trap him into like being with her <laughs> yeah to prevent his imminent marriage yeah yeah so and then and then but um, he's so clueless that he doesn't uh, have a he doesn't have a clue what's going on then his prized uh bone shows up which is called the intercostal clavicle right the dog george takes the bone and buries it somewhere on the estate <laughs> right. <laughs> so then they spend half a, half a day like chasing the dog around, oh. digging up, and they find boots and all kinds of stuff that they dig up. And there's a funny scene where he's chasing the dog around a bush on all fours, and the aunt is like, "Who is this? Yeah. Who is this crazy man that you brought over?" <laughs> and they make up a name for him. They call him Mister Bone. <laughs> yeah, Mister Bone should be Bonehead. Yeah. Because I think it turns uh, out that she's the lady that was going to give him a million dollars, I think. Or there's some connection there where uh, he he's, he's trying to impress her, but he doesn't want her to know that he's the actual professor because then she's going to think that he's a crazy person. Uh, it's just it's so <laughs> he may be it's so bizarre <laughs> it, you know it, and then these scenes occur where oh gosh it's hard to even recapture it all uh the zoo is called to help capture the baby it's a baby and then susan and david race to find baby before the zoo 
and mistaking a dangerous leopard. So now a second leopard shows right, up. Right, and that's from the circus that's in town. The and circus, this is like a yeah, man-eating I mean, leopard. <laughs> this is a bad one, but people they look exactly alike. Well, it was the same leopard doing both, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it gets out. It gets loose. <laughs> and all the time, Charles Ruggles' character, uh, Major Horace Applegate, a big t- game hunter, shows up, and he's going to get involved in this. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, I was thinking, just as an aside, it might have, it might have been one heck of a storyboard putting this together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> to keep it straight. Well, it definitely breaks down into, like, these little vignette <clears throat> scenes. Like, there's the golf course. There's the nightclub. There's the apartment. There's the the shower scene. There's sort of, like, uh, the dinner table scene where, <laughs> where they're trying to keep an eye on uh, oh, uh, yes, the leopard. That, yep. And, and uh, then... There's them looking for the bone, and let's see. There's the them them looking around at night when they sort of like fall down that little into that little ravine, and they go across the water, and they get all wet, and then they're drying off by the fire, and she catches his sock on fire. <laughs> it it just goes on and, and on. And then they end up in jail somehow. <clears throat> jail. Yeah. With- with Constable, uh, what's his face? And Constable Slocum. Constable Slocum. And, and Susan, played by Catherine Hepburn, decides that she's going to play right into his like preconception that they're somehow like uh, criminals and masterminds of, of these this robbery. So she starts to act like a gang a gangster, which I th- I love that part of it. That was really funny. Now look here, I warn you. The first one that's a squeak out of him, I'm going to put in solitary confinement. I'm going to ask this young man a few questions, and I want absolute quiet. Now, young man, you said your name is Bone. Do you stick to it? Well, if you're any good, we don't believe you. We know that's an alias. Now, we know that ain't your right name. You're all impersonating somebody. What were you doing trying to break into Dr. Lehman's house? I was after a leopard. Leopard? Hey, doctor, still stick to it. We all agreed on one story. Uh... Uh, how about that bank robbery in Old Town? Oh, what about it? How much did they get? Oh, they got a pretty penny. Must have got 5,600. Say, who's asking these questions? You or me? Who was with you last month in Rockdale in that mail truck job? Mickey the Mouse and Donald the Duck. Mickey the Mouse and Donald the Duck. <laughs> Doc, make a note of them names. <clears throat> now, you're beginning to talk. We're getting someplace. Now, hey. you fellas, speak up. Quiet, lady. I'm waiting for you. Hey! Quiet, lady. No, speak up now. Hey, Flatfoot! Yeah. You ain't getting no place. Come here. Me? Yes, you. Come on. Hold it over. Hold it over. You want someone to talk, don't you? Uh, well, it's about time. I certainly do. Yeah, well, get me out of this cooler and I'll unbutton my puss and shoot the works. You'll up. Say, hold on, lady. I thought that you were... But, hey, you ain't no lady. Yeah, I kind of had your fool for a minute, didn't I? You Always sure did. make a sucker out of a copper. What did I tell you my name was? Why, your name is... Uh, uh, Doc, what's your name? Susan Vance. Susan Vance. Bob, kitty, Bob. That's my society, Monica. But the marble calls me Swingin' Door Susie. Swingin' Door Susie? Now do you peg me? Come on, Tits, open up. Open up. <laughs> stop, stop, stop that, stop that. I'm not opening any doors around here until you promise to talk. Listen, I'll talk. I'll talk so much it'll make your hair curl. You'll talk to you, that doc. She's promised to talk. All right, I'll open her up. Susan, it won't work. Whatever it is, it won't work. Swingin' Door Susie hasn't flopped yet. I'm out this far, ain't I? Well, so long, gang. I'm not taking the rap for this job. It's every man for himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quiet, quiet. You know what I told you when I met it. <laughs> yes. 
But you you have to like it's like you say you really have to be in the right mood to to take this all in. At some point here along the way, uh, the good uh, Mister uh, Doctor Bone, his fiance just finally gives up the ghost. Well, because they're all in jail, like the the the, uh, the aunt and uh, Susan and David and and they're all the whole crew is in 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 jail, and then the the lawyer and. The, the lawyer for Aunt Elizabeth, I believe, that's who it is, and his fiance show up at the jail and sort of, like, straighten things out. But, uh, yeah, this is where <laughs> his fiance sort of, like, yeah, done with him. Her, her name was kind of interesting, too. Alice Swallow. Oh, is that who that was? Was okay. her character. Yeah. Played by Virginia Walker. Mm-hmm. And, and then along the way, we run across Barry Fitzgerald, who is the befuddled gardener oh that guy was hilarious you know who he reminded me of was uh robin williams a little bit he kind of reminded me of robin williams oh is that oh he was in so many films he was funny he he did (laughs) he was this whole thing i'm exhausted just talking about it i'm 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 confused by the plot and i've watched the movie twice so (laughs) there were there were some uncredited people in this too to take a breather from the plot for a minute, Ward Bond is in it as a motorcycle police officer. Uh, Jack Carson, who had a great career, was a circus roustabout. They were uncredited. They just show up, have a scene, and then go off. Oh, So back to, uh, let's see, are they back where the dinosaurs assembled? Uh, let's see, well, they, we they get out place? of jail. <laughs> yeah, and then he's yeah, back. He's back at the museum, kind of like putting the final touches on the giant brontosaurus <laughs> skeleton, and he's up on the scaffolding. Oh. And then Susan shows up and puts a ladder right up next to the to the skeleton, and I think she's there because she found the bone, right? And she she wants to deliver yeah, the the final piece of the puzzle, but she starts rocking oh, on that ladder, and <laughs> it's like. She's going to tip over at any second, but instead of her falling, she actually jumps onto the skeleton, and the whole thing collapses. <laughs> she she found the bone after following George for three days. Yeah, that's that's funny. And then his his like the last however many years of work just collapses right in front of him. But then they, they but I then know. at the very end they profess their love for each other. And- I think they were a better match than him and uh, Alice, though. Alice Swallow, I think you're right. (laughs) They kiss at the end, and what's the line that I'm trying to find here? Oh, yeah, here it is. David resigns himself to a future of chaos, hugs, and kisses. I, I I believe the chaos part. Anyway, yeah, I I, sure. I still think that he didn't really know what was going on through most of the movie. <laughs> he was literally just like in the wake of Susan's chaos. <laughs> well, and he had to be in total shock when his work of a lifetime, the Brontosaurus, 
gets knocked into shambles by his beloved new girlfriend. There, there, there's a scene that really sticks out in my mind for some reason. It was around the dinner table, and um, Susan was talking, and she would not let uh, David or Major Applegate, he was the big game hunter, right, who shows up. Yes. Get get a word yes. at get Charles a word in edgewise, and I and I kind of love the fact that she was such a strong personality and 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 just sort of took charge of these situations, and that was really the part of the movie that I liked the best. Even though she was she was so chaotic and sort of um, a lot of times didn't really seem like she knew what she was doing. But I kind of feel like she did in a way. Like she, she was a lot smarter than what you would take away just from kind of her actions on the surface. And she was, she was really intent on uh, getting to be uh, the girlfriend of Doctor Huxley's. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Wow. So the 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 film, I, I think my mother liked it just because of all of the hilarity and the vignettes that are in every movie. Because he's he's Cary Grant did others like this like uh, Monkey Business was one uh, something about the Bobby Soxer I just forgot the name of it where Shirley Temple is a Bobby Soxer teenager and Cary Grant is the uh, sort of the befuddled professor I think it's called a professor in the Bobby Soxer from the late forties but well, he he was he did a lot of the these. Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer. The Bachelor, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then Mr. Blandings builds his dream house. Yeah, that's not a screwball comedy, but that's a really funny, funny mm. comedic film about the disasters of buying a house when you don't know what you're doing. Against the advice of their lawyer, who's always in the scenes <laughs> at the right time. It's a, it, That's another one we should do. But Catherine Hepburn really had a revival of her career in a few years after this, like 10 years after this, it took off with Woman of the Year. Well, that was in 42, Woman of the Year. But Adam's Rib. That was a big one. With yeah. Spencer Trace. Oh, yeah, that was a huge hit. So then she was on her way. Something that I thought about when I was when I was reading that Wikipedia article about uh, screwball comedies and the idea of uh, fast-paced, overlapping repartee, that was a really cool part of the movie uh the thing from another world remember we we commented on that how they would have this overlapping conversation it was really fast yeah he was a a director that used that early on i think that was a kind of a uh feature of howard hawk's directing style that comes through in both movies because there's a ton of that i mean that's this whole movie is fast-paced overlapping dialogue and people getting cut off and like not being able to like say two words before somebody else says something uh, you know over them i know and it's 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 just a little over an hour and a half long but it they pack a lot into it i think robert altman did a lot of the overlapping dialogue in his movies he may have taken his lead from from the howard hawks example so uh what did you come up with as a rating for this uh, screwball comedy? That's a that's oh gosh, I'm kind of like around a seven, I think. Um, that's exactly what I had. The first time seven. I watched it, I was thinking it was about a four. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get it. I did not. I didn't find it that funny. I, I didn't understand what was going on. 
Uh, and I thought, boy, I better give this another shot because I, I, everybody seems to really love this movie. <laughs> so the second time I watched it, I just, okay, I said, all right, I'm just going to go with the flow here and I'm going to just try to enjoy it. And I did enjoy it a lot more the second time. Um, but it's it is interesting too if you read on IMDb there's people that give it one star it's pretty div- divisive in terms of whether you really really love the movie or you sort of like really don't like it and don't get it oh i i would i would agree with that i didn't read those reviews but boy i tell you I, my mother couldn't say enough about these as, as far as how much fun she had going to them pure escapism oh totally and i get that like i totally get why grandma would have love to to see yeah. these movies and and i think a, i think in the theater it would have been funnier because you're not you don't have any distractions and you just sort of are there to see the movie it's a little bit harder when you're at home and you get interrupted or you don't you're not kind of in that environment well i plus i think with the crowd in the theater that would add to the to the uh comedy of yeah the when other people are laughing I, yeah I would love to have eavesdrop, be old enough to eavesdrop on my mother and dad when they would be talking about going to one of these, and my father was more into westerns. <laughs> so I, I'm sure there was some lively discussion about. Oh, and I please, bet I, I bet Grandma was like enough with the westerns. Like I can't see another western. She's probably the opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it looks like we both came in with a seven on this. Yeah, huh? I guess we're pretty consistent on how we saw that. Yeah, I, I think so. And we have a selection for our next film. We do, and we're going to get it recorded and put out before uh, the end of the year so we can have it as a holiday uh, holiday episode. And the movie that we're going to review is Holiday Inn. Uh, a, wonderful, a wonderful film with Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby together. And kind of a remake of it was one that we reviewed last year, White Christmas. But this is this is different. Has some of the same. Has White Christmas in it, of course. But yeah, it sounds a little bit similar, like how he it. Uh, buys an inn out in the and in, uh, in the yeah. countryside. And but yeah, it does it does look. I, I love uh, Bing Crosby and uh, Fred Astaire, so that'll be fun to watch them. My uh, friend that I visit on Friday said that the backstory on Holiday Inn is that Irving Berlin. And Bing Crosby both thought that the hit song coming out of this movie would be Be Careful, It's My Heart, which is a wonderful song. And they had no clue that White, that White Christmas would be so popular. And it's turned out to be the number one song ever in terms of the number of people that have bought it or listened to it. Hmm. I didn't know it was number one, but John insists, yep, it was number one, continues to be. I guess it would be because every Christmas time it's played four million times. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, uh, Christmas Me movies too. and songs. Well, this was a fun one. I'm exhausted. I well, and, and I don't know if after, I can... after after <laughs> yeah after uh, Holiday Inn, we're going to watch uh, a different kind of movie. Uh, what was the name of that one? Oh yes, we we uh, we're going to bring on Stormy Weather from 1943 and a musical. And I think Lena Horne, I hope that's right, is in the film, kind of a lead in that. And then coming down the road, we've got On the Waterfront and Farewell to Manzanar, and no end. Well, let's just commit no to those. Ne- let's film. commit to those next two, and then we'll figure out after that. We'll see. Yeah, right. 
We, then we have 27 actors that we want to do film yeah, festivals And we have a list of there. like over Careers. 100 movies that uh, we want to watch. I so. know. All right, well. So that'll keep us going. Fun. Yeah, but this was fun, and I did I did enjoy the movie in the end. It just, uh, yeah, it's it's different than kind of what I expected. <laughs> and I want to give another thank, thank you to uh, the listener who sent us the... Uh, the information on the film and and uh, requested that we watch this and record it so thank you for doing that we we, we really appreciate the comments that we get from our yeah, listeners. i think that was a facebook uh post yeah it was. so yeah it so was. if you have so comments again. or ideas for movies for us to watch uh leave us a, a message on facebook or in the apple podcast app you can leave comments there uh, or on our website, we have a comment feature on our website as well. So, love to hear from from everybody. Did you want to mention again uh, that we won an award? Well, we should we should definitely mention that. So, yeah, a couple episodes ago, <laughs> a couple episodes. We're so we modest. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, a couple episodes ago, we had mentioned how we had been uh, contacted to submit our podcast to the. West Coast International Film Festival uh, in the best movie-related podcast category, and we found out a couple weeks ago that we won. We won that category, so we'll uh, we can now say we're an award-winning podcast. So I'll be uh, I'll be updating our website on the about page to have have that little uh, blurb and uh, the graphic of the Bigfoot Award. We thank we thank the uh, festival for yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. That was awesome. It looks like something that we could probably participate in and again in the future at some point. So that'd be kind of cool. Well, since we're going to do a thousand podcasts, we got plenty. Oh, of time. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the optimist. <clears throat> right. Well, this was uh, episode 109, so we're you know slowly creeping up. <laughs> yeah, slowly emphasis on slowly. Okay, well, I guess next time uh, it's going to be Holiday Inn. And for now, this is Matt Johnson coming to you from North Bend. And Bob Johnson from Los Angeles wishing you all happy movie watching and happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays, everybody. 